This week, President Biden signed away the Trump transgender ban on military applicants and service members. New reporting shows that Trump may have had a plan to oust his acting attorney general and undo the results of the election in Georgia. And Congress is fighting on whether or not to get rid of Marjorie Taylor Greene from office. I'm Noah Huey, and this is Under the Stars. Welcome back to the show. Um, it's like the fourth time I've tried to do the intro. I laughed so many times, and I've got Sean literally over there. You can't see him. Um, I'm not going to record video because then I'd have to edit that in, and I don't want to do that. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and start. First of all, I'd like to remind you to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. I also have a Snapchat, which is, um, I think it's Noah Huey, no uppercase or anything, Noah Huey 2019 or something like that, but you don't have to follow that because I'm not very active on there anyway. You can also support my show by, uh, you know, there, I've got merch, um, I've, it's phones, socks, no, not socks anymore, phones, I've got sweatpants, mugs, whatever, and you can also support by buying my books uh, in the shop section of my website, which is uh, linked in my Instagram bio. Um, the books I wouldn't recommend if you're just interested in helping support the show. If you're interested in some of the things and some of the concepts I, I speak a about a lot on this podcast, then I would recommend buying them. Um, more specifically, I would recommend my newest book. I say newest. It's, it's, it's been out for a couple months now. Um, almost half a year. <clears throat> uh, Yes Master, um, which is, don't mind the Sonic Cup. Which is available. Again, it's in the shop section of my website. So let's go ahead and start start today today's um, podcast. So the first thing that, that President Biden did early on this week was uh, he repealed the Trump-era ban on transgender troops. So uh, President Biden on Monday repealed a controversial Trump-era ban on transgender people serving in the United States military. Biden signed an executive order on the issue as he met the in the Oval Office with new Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, chair of the Joint Chiefs of, of Staff Mark M Mark Miley and Vice President Harris. Speaking briefly to reporters, Biden said the order will allow all qualified Americans to serve their country in uniform. In the text of the order, Biden adds, it is my conviction as commander in chief of the armed forces that gender identity should not be a bar into military <clears throat> to is not, should not be a bar to military service. Moreover, there is substantial evidence that allowing transgender individuals to serve the military does not have any, meaning, have any meaningful negative impact on the armed forces. Biden has campaigned on overturning former President Donald Trump's band. ban. Ban. <laughs> We're overturning Trump's ban. Um... <laughs> At his recent Senate confirmation hearing, Austin told lawmakers he supported the move. If you're fit and you're qualified to serve and you can maintain the standards, you should be allowed to serve, he said. Um, and then it just, uh, that's, I think, just about all we need to know. So um, this is actually an interesting move. And I've, I've been 
awfully silent on this issue as people brought it up in discussion, though I do think it's something I would like to uh, be clear now. Sorry, I'm just admiring this picture of Biden in the pinstripe suit. I like it. Um, But I I do want to be very clear on the issue. I I, I actually support the movement. When it comes to uh, transgender uh, individuals in general, I'm I'm one of those people who, who thinks if someone wants to be called by a certain set of pronouns, we have... Uh, no obligation, but we certainly have a duty as people who wish to be respectful and, and honorable towards our fellow citizens. If someone says, hey, I identify as this, could you refer to me in such a manner? Then I don't see any issue in doing so. I'm not one of these people who thinks that everyone has to give their personal pronouns out to everyone on earth right now or you're all going to die. Obviously, that's an exaggeration, but um, I'm one of those people where if, if someone has a certain set of pronouns or whatever that they wish to be uh, um, referred to with, then I don't see the harm in doing it. In fact, I think it's incredibly, uh, it's just the, the polite thing to do uh, as an American citizen, um, as it is their right to exist as they wish to. That is, that is their liberty. Uh, but when it comes to the <clears throat> specific military ban and all that, um, I get the motive behind both of these orders. I get the ban- I get the idea of banning it in the first place. I think there was a very loosely put together argument on uh, mental health and such that um, transgender people already experience a lot of mental health issues, which is true overall. Of course, there's always outliers, but that doesn't being the outlier doesn't suddenly mean that you know everyone will and always has been like you. Um, but I I think there's reason to say yeah that makes sense. I mean. And I don't want to be offensive here, but I do believe that that's what creates, quote-unquote, creates transgenderism in the first place um, a lot of the time. In my opinion, the way I see it from just a scientific standpoint, transgenderism isn't so much of a biological thing as people try and argue it because they want to be, they want to be, they, they you know, they're transgender people. They don't want to feel like they're weird. You know, a, a, a biological male who identifies as a female you know, you don't want to feel like you're this biological freak or something, which that makes perfect sense. But there, I believe there's a point to which biological science proves that if you were born a man, you were born a man. Um, gender or sex or whatever you call it, which let's be honest, these arbitrary titles that we apply to these things is just us trying to find loopholes into science so that we can control the outcome and appease our own feelings, which again, I understand, but you're wrong. Um, <clears throat> whatever you call it, it's not something that is, like, picked for you. So nobody goes, ah, right, well, I'm going to decide what you are today. Um, if you're religious, then the only person who you should think does that is God or um, whoever you worship, if it is a, a one deity. Um, but, you know, when you are you are born one of the two. Uh, but identifying as, a, a, as the opposite or identifying as none, I don't see any issue. And when it comes to gender identity in general, <clears throat> my voice cracked there, when it comes to gender identity in general, I see no reason or reason to some for some reason incriminate one or to prosecute or not prosecute um persecute um a person for simply existing. I mean, what crime has this person committed besides existing? And if we are attacking people for existing, why it doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but when it comes came to the transgender military ban, I, I can see reasoning behind it, though here's my problem with both the ban and the reversal of it uh, under this new, um, I believe it was an executive order, did I just say? Um, yeah, the executive order, which I'm going to get to that in a minute. Um, when it comes to the ban and the reversal through the executive order here, I, I actually think there's an issue. I think elected leaders and I think people in general are unwilling to try and fund the research to understand transgenderism more. 
the the on based on what little science I believe that I've ever found that based around the issue it, is that um it seems to be a like I, I think I said it earlier I've already forgotten a mental thing a mental health thing more rather than a biological one yeah I, I think I did say that it's more of a um. I don't want to say it's made up in your head because ultimately there are things in your head. There, are, There's a difference between the delusions you create inside your head and just honest things that happen based on the chemical um, reactions and actions and reactions happening in your mind. Um, it's super fascinating stuff, but I believe it's more of a something up here rather than it is something um, all over, <clears throat> which is a horrible, horrible way to describe it. Um, just for convenience sake. But I do... I think it's, I, I believe it's something to that effect, and I think there isn't enough research into it. I, I, there is a right-wing commentator, uh, transgender right-wing commentator, Blair White. She, I believe she's said multiple times, you know, I'd love for this type of stuff to be funded. And so would I. If I had the money, I would definitely put money into studying what it means to be transgender. What is the in, the in and outs? What are the, because we've got some information, but I feel like, honestly, we don't put in enough. And I think when it comes to, whether or not, you know, when it comes to transgender persons serving in some sort of um, military position, perhaps public office, in any job that a transgender American takes, I think it's important to know the everything that's going on, or as much as we can know without directly just asking, um, so that we can accommodate these people so that they don't feel like that they're being left behind or that they're struggling in whatever jobs they want to pursue. Because sometimes, perhaps, I mean, there's not, again, it's it's... The problem is there's a lack of evidence. We can't sit here and make a billion claims on an issue when we've just not looked at it at all. It's hard to say that the evidence is conclusive when there was never a point to which you went to search for evidence in the first place. Um, but in general, I do think this is a good move. I, I, I ultimately would only add to that that we need to be funding that type of research, understanding our transgender peers, excuse me, more adequately, um, so that simply so we can help them. And so we can help them where they need it. We don't need to be coddling transgender people like we coddle African Americans and basically every minority ever. The government loves to coddle poor people and uh, minorities um, just to create create a kind of little trust fund out of them, um, which I find I highly disapprove of. We need need to just simply help them, help people who are disenfranchised or not disenfranchised, who are um, disadvantaged where they need it but then set them up so that they can then be able to work and exist on their own accord so that the government doesn't have to do it for them. <clears throat> I think if we did that, this repeal would be all the way, but I, I support it anyway. Um, so that was an interesting way to start off the week, kind of upside. And then uh, new reporting shows that President, former President, now former President Trump, may have been planning to uh, replace his uh, acting attorney general after uh, William Barr resigned and try and undo the election results. So in Georgia, at least, um, because everyone knew that the election results in Georgia would um, would be a big player. Um, so Justice Department lawyer Jeffrey Clark nearly convinced then President Donald Trump to remove then acting Attorney General Jeffrey Rosen and use the Department of Justice to undo Georgia's election results. The New York Times reported last Friday, Clark who appealed to the former president's false claim of election fraud, met with Trump earlier this month and told Rosen following the meeting that the then then president was going to replace him with Clark. Yeah. 
Uh, Clark would then move to keep Congress from certifying the election results and then-President-elect Joe Biden's favor, according to the paper. Rosen demanded to hear the, the news straight from Trump, according to the paper, <clears throat> and arranged a meeting on the evening of January 3rd, the same day that Trump's call with Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, in which Trump pressured the state official to find enough votes for him to win Georgia, came to light. During the meeting, Rosen, another top Justice Department official, and Clark gathered with Trump, White House counsel Pat, uh, I think it's pronounced Kip, Kipalone, or Sipalone, I'm not sure, and other lawyers, Trump and Rosen. Trump had Rosen and Clark state their cases for him, the Times reported. The Times cited two officials who compared Rosen and Clark's opening statements during the meeting of the, uh, to an episode of The Apprentice, uh, The Apprentice, Trump's old reality show. <laughs> Citing four former Trump administration officials, the paper reported that an agreement among the department leaderships that they would all resign if Rosen were fired helped sway Trump from removing his acting attorney general. The notion of department uh, pandem pandemonium, yeah, pandemonium, congressional investigations and blowback from fellow Republicans seemed to resonate with Trump, who after nearly three hours decided to allow Rosen to stay and determined that Clark's plan would not work, according to the Times. Um, this is from CNN. So CNN had reached out to the Justice Department for comment. Clark told the Times that its report that its report contained unspecified inaccuracies that he could not speak to his conversations with Trump or department lawyers. Quote, senior Justice Department lawyers not uncommonly provide legal advice to the White House as part of our duties. All my official communications were consistent with law, end quote. Trump declined to comment on the Times. To the Times, one of his advisors told the paper that the former president had pushed for investigating Quant, quote, Quant, quote, rampant election fraud that has plagued our system for years, uh, and any assertion to the contrary is false and being driven by those who wish to keep the system broken, end quote. Um, so you can tell there's a lot of political nonsense in here, people who simply wish that reality would benefit them, um, because this all plays back to the uh, narcissism and self-righteousness of basically every ideology and party that has ever existed in the sense that they're so delusional that they honestly believe that they are always right, always just, and deserve to have all power as a result. Um, I'm not going to talk about election fraud anymore, okay? I've gone over it about as much as I can. I've said everything. As my opinion has shifted, uh, I've come to the conclusion now that uh, there's a chance I, I could be wrong and that there was election fraud. Well, here's the thing. There was election fraud. It's not that this wasn't the safest election in American history. Leftists are just saying that so nobody questions it at all. There was election fraud. We found it. In fact, we found some after and reversed the results there. But here's the thing. There, there, there has been no conclusive evidence whatsoever that there's been massive underground fraud to flip entire states so Trump didn't win. There's no evidence for that theory. There's plenty of evidence for certain states and certain counties trying to commit fraud. We've caught them. We've Courts have gone back and found video, have been uh, given video evidence by groups like Project Veritas and such, who go, here's the evidence, let's take a look at it, and, and they go, all right, and then they find it, and they come to the conclusion, yeah, there was election fraud there. But here's the thing, there is not, there is no evidence of this massive underground theory of thousands, if not millions of Americans going, how are we going to make Trump lose today? And not only is that from... Be false based on the fact that we can't find evidence to, to string a bunch of these instances together as a coordinated plan to cheat in an election. Um, I, I lost my second thought as I was trying to explain that first sentence. What was I going to say? Um, not only was there no evidence... Oh, it's, a, it's an inconsistent uh, logical theory. Um, 
we this type of mass conspiracy uh, is hardly if ever true. I mean, we're talking about the same population of human beings that that often, and I'm not saying Republicans, I mean population of human beings as in all of us, um, any of us could believe this theory, is that, there, that there's like an, uh, an Illuminati type thing. There was an Illuminati, but it was very lame, and it stopped existing about a hundred years ago, or maybe a little more than that. And um, ultimately, we, we simply cannot prove that it ever did exist. And here, that's the, that's the problem with these types of conspiracy theories. People buy into them either because they want them to be true or they just simply think it would be cool. But our brains tend to like to, they tend to like those things. And the th- problem with them is 99.9% of the time they're false. And uh, we simply believe them because, um, because of our inept ability to understand the difference between reality and fiction. And especially when it comes to politics, it's not just that. It's, In my opinion, it's mostly actually the fact that we want them to be true. Obviously, Trump wants there to be a giant underground conspiracy for election fraud, because then that means he wins. Obviously, Republicans, hardcore Trump Republicans, want him to have been cheated at an election, because then that means they win. That means they were right, and they deserve the power. Do you understand? It's just narcissism and ego and ego feeding the actions and words and beliefs of these people. And it happens on both sides. Here's the thing. It's happening on the same side where all these people are going, oh, this is the most secure election in American history. No, it wasn't. It was about as secure as all the rest of them, which is half and half kind of. It's, it's you know, like a fourth of it was a little iffy and then the rest of it was fine. Like, and the, and, but these people refuse to accept the, the, the complex reality of it. That, yeah, there was election fraud, but we've caught it or we're willing to catch it. And all that great fun stuff. Or, or you know, yeah, there was some election fraud, but there wasn't this giant underground. We refuse to believe that there is a mix of the both, because, or of the two. Because that would mean then that we are not totally and fully right. And that is the type of political delusions that are feeding the left and the right. And every party and every person inside of them. Um, it's this delusional idea of a world that they have constructed inside their heads where since I am all righteous, I am all, everything I do is just, everything I do is noble, thus I deserve all power. Everyone should be subject to what I believe. I mean, I, so I, I study, um, I, I'm in a, an AP U.S. history. If, I mean, if it's not already obvious, I'm, I'm a, still a high schooler. And I'm in an AP U.S. history class. And we're covering the point of American expansion. This is back when we took Hawaii and the Philippines and Cuba after the Spanish-American, or, yeah, Spanish-American War. And these debates and stuff were, granted, more racially based. So the, the basic theory of people who said, we have to expand, we have to take all these little islands and make them ours for some reason... Their whole theory was that, well, you see, white people are the best people on earth. God made us this way. And so we have a a, a duty. We have to force everyone to live like the way we want them to and and to eventually just slowly push everything we want. Not, not, and that doesn't mean freedom, unfortunately. A lot of these people were arguing that, oh, well, we don't, we don't give the Indians full freedom and they're fine. Obviously, that's not, that wasn't true, but they didn't care. It, it, and again, it's all about just making yourself feel better, making yourself feel like you're king so that you win, so that you are able to give yourself, a, I don't know, a moment of self-gratification. And so their arguments were like, we have to expand it on everyone because then everyone will be like us 
and everything will be perfect. It's that idea of utopia that kind of became big during the Second Great Awakening that's just we've never let go of since... Well, here's the thing. It's not even then. Even, like, colonizing the United States, that was based on these ideas of utopia. You know, all these different religions and stuff, they came to America and they all wanted to... They wanted freedom from their own respective churches, primarily the Catholic Church, which was being um, really oppressive on them. But they weren't thinking, oh, yeah, we Puritans are going to move to are going to move up north and go to Boston and then live with the the Quakers. Yeah, we want to do that. No, no. They wanted to leave the bad stuff of the Catholic Church and and the oppressive tyranny of the Catholic Church and enforce their own tyranny in Boston. That 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 idea that we developed in America of honest true liberty where everyone just exists at the same time in the same place and just gets used to it, we developed that over time. And we've been developing that ever since and we're still developing it to this day. And in my opinion, respectively, it is the most noble, if not the only noble concept in the history of the world. That people can be different based on race, based on identity, based on po- beliefs, um, and, and exist at the same time. But the problem is, it's hard to enforce that because everyone's been, it, like, since the dawn of human history, it appears, nobody wants to actually do that. Like, the majority of people that are trying to do things are just trying to make everyone like them because their their head is about the size of Jupiter, and they think that everything has to go their way, and thus they have to have all the power. Anyways, this is a tangent. It's a very interesting tangent, but it's a tangent. Um... So obviously they're they're going to want to think this. Um, I said I'm not going to talk about election fraud in here. I'm going off on a tangent about liberty and <laughs> utopia. It's just I'm very passionate about this concept. And I really want this concept to resonate with people. We need Americans to realize that, yeah, kind of all of our ideologies suck. Because none of them are willing to really exist with each other. I mean, and I, I don't know if I talk... They're having a trouble signing a bipartisan thing right now. Um... President Biden's trying to not accept th- uh, stuff that isn't bipartisan through the Congress, and the, and the Democrats are going, "Well, the Republicans aren't listening to us. They're not. They're not trying to meet our demands and all that. So let's just make it all Democrats." Like the problem is, even my thing is, and I, I'm going to get into Biden here a little bit. Even if Biden is earnest, which I'm slowly beginning to believe that he is, I don't think anyone else in the entire country is. I think Biden may be actually surprisingly the only earnest person here. Um, The fact that he's trying not to accept work that isn't bipartisan tells me that he's either putting on a really good front or he's he's being honest here. He wants bipartisanship. He wants that unity he said in his um, inaugural address, which would be fantastic. And I hope that's true. Uh, But the problem is, very obviously, no one else wants that. Um, and that's, all of that stuff plays a part in all of this. This whole plan is all fueled by that near tyrannical belief that everything has to go my way. I have to have the, have the power because I am all righteous. I am all, all just, and I am noble. And if you don't like me, you're just the bad guy and I have to get rid of you. That whole mindset is corrupted by narcissism, by narcissism by um, delusional political utopia, we need to remove that mindset from everyone. I've always been on the teeter-totter line of whether or not we need to have political parties and promote these ideologies in general in our our country, and I think we don't necessarily have to get rid of them all uh, and create some sort of centrist utopia, but I do believe that nobody on earth, 
I say on earth, at least in America, should have this ridiculous idea that you're always right, you're always just, and you deserve all the power. Because ultimately, that's what they think. We could sit here and say, well, that's not actually what they think. But then why are they so vigorously fighting over who gets the power? It's pretty obvious. It's because they all want it. So we must remove that idea to prevent stuff like this from happening again. But that's really hard to do when I've had about four, well now almost, yeah, five years of developing this idea. Whereas this this type of narcissism and corruption and self-righteousness has been developed for over... <laughs> for millions of years. Well, I, I say millions, like thousands upon millions of years. Like I've, I'm battling an idea that's been a part of humanity for basically its entire existence. That's pretty hard to win. It's, I mean, even in just one country, that's pretty hard to win. Um, but I am determined to promote this idea so that we stop this type of narcissism and corruption that happened with this whole plan to try and undo the results of the election in Georgia because you don't like them because they don't give you power. It's time we need to fight that. We fight that by training Americans not to think they deserve or have all the power ever. Um, I'm going to talk about this next thing. Yeah. So Congress is fighting on whether or not to, ex- yeah, to get rid, to kick uh, Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene from the House of Representatives. So Representative uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a Republican. She's a Trump Republican. And she's, I, I don't want to just say very delusional, okay? It, leftists are jumping on her. Delusional, she's crazy, all of that stuff. I, I mean, granted, I think it's true. She is, it's again, it's that thing where she's ideological supremacy, uh, narcissism, and self-righteousness. She is the embodiment of that. She's like woman Trump. And that's incredibly dangerous. Except she's a lot worse she has called both um, Parkland and the elementary school. I forget. She called the Parkland shooting fake. She And I, here's the thing. I don't like David Hogg. I don't agree with him. I think he's a, a snot-nosed brat. But here's the thing. She mocked him over the, the Parkland shooting. Now, that's just... That crosses the line. I may not like him. I may think he's snot-nosed. And here's the thing. He's a human being. And he deserves basic human decency. Which I myself fear I've not given him over the past couple of years. Because um, I feel like the last time I've ever talked about him was when I was um, still hard... When I was still a part of all this political narcissism and corruption. So... If anything, I think I deserve to say, you know, it's not like he's ever going to see this, but I, I do think I deserve, or I don't deserve, I am I have a duty to say I, I apologize for anything negative I've ever said about anyone even. Um, and I know I've said stuff even now that I regret, but here's the thing, that human decency needs to be applied, and she doesn't have it. She has no human decency for people who don't fit into her delusional narrative that she's designed inside her head. Um, that partisan delusional narrative. And so that's what makes her so dangerous. That's why a lot of people, um, moderates and Democrats want to get rid of her. And, uh, I think it's just, but let me go into it and read a little bit and kind of explain to you, uh, what's going on. So a California congressman is calling for the immediate expulsion of representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, excuse me again, from the U.S. House of Representatives. Representative Jimmy Gomez's announcement comes after CNN reported that the Georgia Congresswoman had expressed support on her Facebook page for the execution of prominent Democrats in the years leading up to her run for Congress. This is from uh, Jimmy Gomez's Twitter. Uh, I don't need to explain by why at Representative MGT... 
or MTG is a clear and present danger to Congress and our democracy. She did it herself, and she must go. I'm introducing a resolution to expel her from Congress immediately. Green took the oath of office on January 3rd to represent Georgia's 14th congressional district and has been heavily criticized on many fronts. She is known for expressing support for the conspiracy theories and has called for President Joe Biden's impeachment across her Twitter, Facebook, and Telegram accounts as the new president was sworn in office. CNN reviewed hundreds of Green's Facebook posts from 2018 and 2019. Reporters M. Steck and Andrew, uh, is that pronounced, is that Kaczynski as in the Unabomber? I think that's pronounced Kaczynski as in the Unabomber Kaczynski, but not, obviously not the Unabomber, <laughs> he's dead, um, found that in 2019, she posted two videos in which she said House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who is in second in line to the presidency, should be executed for treason. In another post, CNN reports Representative Green liked a comment that said a bullet to the head would be quicker to remove Speaker Pelosi. In other po posts, CNN reports Green liked comments about executing FBI agents who, in her eyes, were part of the deep state working against former President Donald Trump. Representative Gro Gomez cited CNN's report on Representative Green as one of numerous reports revealing her repeated endorsements of sedition, domestic terrorism, and political violence. During a town hall meeting she held in Whitfield County, Georgia, earlier that evening, Green did not directly address CNN report, even when asked. She referred to the House of Representatives as a house of hypocrites, and she spoke about being banned from several social media platforms, saying, Big Tech is attempting to silence conservatives. Quote, you see this, you see this cancel culture is real, said Green, and when you are not agreeing and saying what the left wants you to say, they scream Twitter safety nonstop as if they're calling the police and trying to ruin your life. And now they're targeting conservatives all over the nation. Um, you can read her full statement below. I'm not interested in reading her statement. Um, we asked Representative Green's office for comment on this story and received a statement from her office Thursday morning. Democrats and their spokesmen in the fake news media will stop at nothing to defeat conservative Republicans. They are coming after me because I'm a threat to their goal of socialism. They are coming after me because they know I represent the people, not the politicians. They are coming after me because I like President Trump. I will always defend conservative values. They will, they want to take me out because I represent the people and they absolutely hate it, end quote. Um, so as you can tell, Representative Green is full of um, narcissism, self-righteousness, and like I said, uh, uh, political delusions. Uh, now, here's the thing. When it comes to conservatives and Republicans talking about the deep state and all that, that exists. There is a part of Washington that is corrupt. I mean, we're about to talk about a story that's kind of related to that, um, that proves that it's true. But here's the thing. Um, the amount of anger and stupidity that is becoming very common among these people it is dangerous to intellectuality. We need a people that are not so mind-bogglingly uh, idiotic. And they are. They are. Okay? Proficiency rates in every topic is under 50% right now in schools. Students aren't even half proficient in almost everything they do. And if you are over half proficient in the things you learn in school, then guess what? You're a minority of people. The majority of people are incredibly unintellectual. And in my opinion, that's on purpose. Um, but, like, what she's doing here is fear-mongering. 
She's using the fear of socialism. She's using the fear of being silent. She's using 1984 Orwellian horror. I mean, that's what a lot of these super right-wing conservatives do. They use fear-mongering and conspiracy theories that they can't back up with much more than circumstantial evidence. And it's like watching that scene out of The Incredibles where um, the teacher, I don't remember his name, Bernie, ironically, uh, points at the screen and he's like, yeah, you see the thing? He's like, oh, you don't see it? And he backs it up and he goes, he moves right there. Wait, wait, right there, right as I sit there. That's what these people look like. And that's what they do. And here's the thing. Even if they are right, they're so angry about it. Because here's the thing about people who are unintelligent. They have an, they have an inability to control their emotions. Anyone knows that if you're passionate about something, it's important to control your passion so that then you can direct it more evenly and more... And I know this from experience. I've had times, even recently, where I don't control my passion, and I'm still learning to do that. But here's the thing. You have to try and learn to do that. You can't just go, no, you, you're the wrong one. You have to be okay with me being angry at you and wanting to tear off your head because you're different than me. Like, no. That's not right. That's not just in any sense of the word, and it's completely un-American. But the thing is, conservatives and liberals have completely twisted the image of the United States of America that, oh, see, when I get all the power and when I win, that's America. But whenever I lose, that's socialism or that's fascism. Those are two words that the left and the right like to use against each other when they use it out of context every single time because they don't want to explain what socialism or fascism is in a way that actually explains what it is instead of uses it as a derogatory term to then take down their political opponents, ensuring that they get all political power ever and begin to build their uh, ridiculous delusional utopias. But that's what these people do. They completely twist the image of America. They turn American citizens into complete morons. They use fear-mongering, circumstantial evidence, and stuff, and just stuff that'll rile up the emotions, and then they make them angry. And, and that's what makes Marjorie Taylor Greene so dangerous. She is the epitome of this kind of idiotic, conspiracy theory-esque uh, uh, <laughs> political narcissism and corruption. And I think she should be, um, uh, I keep wanting to say exiled, but that's not the word. Um, yeah, the expulsion. I I do hope she's expulsed. I don't know. I don't know words. I'm not a very words person. Um, I I do hope she is removed. I I do hope they kick her out of Congress because I believe, and, you know, there's a point where I think, you know, just kicking anyone out for disagreeing with you. Oh, yeah, that, sure, that makes sense. But here's the thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't just disagree with the, with the Democrats, with the left, with the liberals, with the liberal media. Uh, she, honestly, her head is full of delusions. She has no idea what America looks like. Now, granted, neither does anyone else in Congress because they all have this ludicrous notion that, no, 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 see, America is when I have all the power and nobody else does. Uh, any other chance, that's not America. Like, no, that's not how it works. That's not what it should look like. You're wrong. But she's like the furthest reach of that. She's like, no, no, if I don't get power right now, forever, you're going to die. I will hurt someone, or I will direct someone to hurt someone, because I'm so delusional, and I'm so angry that I'm about, about my delusions, that I have to hurt you, I have to threaten you, I have to support your death to make me feel like I, I have achieved some sense of just and righteousness. And that's what makes her more dangerous than anyone else. So at, at least these other senators, these other congresspeople, we can control them. 
We can fight them with simple intellectuality. Simple intellectuality won't work against people like these because these people are so full of themselves and so angry about it that they, if you try and come at them with some form of, of well, that's not entirely true. They're going, oh, here's a gun, you're dead. Like, that. these types of people are the most extreme. And so I hope she is removed from office because I do think she will serve as a present and uh, very active danger to the United States of America. Um, that's that. Um, one more time, I want to remind you to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-E-G-H-E-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. You can also support my show by buying merch. I've got phone cases. I've got hoodies. I've got shirts, sweatpants now. Um, if they'll ever let me design shoes, I'd love to design them. Um, so yeah, if you want to support the show, you can do that. Um, you can also make sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify. Um, if you can't watch it on YouTube, definitely jump into the jump onto Spotify or if you have Google Podcasts or if you listen to it on Pocket Radio or anything like that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can pull it up there if you're on your way to work and you just want to listen to an episode of the show if you're or whatever whatever you want to do, pull it up on there. That that helps support the show as well. Um, if you're interested in some of the, t- the concepts I bring up on the show, uh, check out also in the shop section of my website. It'll be in the bookshelf part. Um, my books that, I, that I've written, um, they... Uh, they 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 both cover they both cover all the basic sorry I'm getting rid of this cord they both ca- cover a lot of basic ideals I've learned and if you get both of them you can kind of see a really cool contrast between me earlier on and me now um, my ideals when I started writing uh, Broken America were very conservative and then they slowly changed over time and so as I finished the book the beginning of the book is so much more different than the end of it in my opinion. Um, so it's really cool. To, and then if you read that, the F- Broken America, and then read Yes Master, you can see a kind of big contrast. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in some of the ideas I bring up, and uh, so I can kind of break them down in word formatting, if you're interested in reading about that, uh, yeah, check it out. Um, again, that's on the shop section of my website, which is on the uh, in the bio of my Instagram. Uh, or you can follow my, my Snapchat if you're interested. That's Noah Huey 2019. Um, that's that. Anyway, so... So Trump, in my opinion, became a kind of... Well, I, I won't say... I won't start it off like this. So Trump created a office of the former president in Florida. Um, so former President Donald Trump on Monday established an official post-presidency office in Palm Beach County, Florida, setting up a vehicle for future public appearances and statements. The office of the former president will manage Trump's correspondence, public statements, appearance, and official activities, according to press release from the office. President Trump will always and forever be a champion for the American people, the release said. The title of the office could fuel speculation that Trump may not run for president again in 2024, something he and his advisors have not definitely weighed in on. Trump has been publicly silent since leaving the White House last week for his Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach. He has been banned from Twitter and suspended from other major social media platforms in the woke in the wake of the Capitol riot on January 6th. Um, so I just want to explain why I think this is kind of dangerous because I saw this I, I, I saw this and my mind immediately jumped to the separation of um, of Western Rome and Rome. Um, I can't remember when it was. A while ago, a, I say a while ago, a long time, like none of us were alive when it happened. It's the early, it's kind of the earlier days of the, of the, yeah, the Roman Catholic Church. And so, uh, lots of people followed by, uh, Constantine moved to what would later become Western Rome, um, Constantinople and then Istanbul. Um, 
he went and for religious reasons and the country because of the physical separation of here's the church here's the pope and here's the emperor who's in charge we had this issue of like eh, like he's the emperor but he's the pope though and that's what ended up leading them to split and you had constant constantinople and rome here uh, and that was that was super bad for people um I see a similarity in this. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that the office of the former president is somehow going to become the presidency of the of the neo-confederacy or something. But I do see it as kind of... It could potentially serve to do that. It was just a scary connection I made, and I was like, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. And if it does start to happen, call it out. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Uh, and then my second thought is that, oh, okay, so this really proves to me that he really cares about the image and the glorification of that name, the president. He is the he's the former president. Uh, he it to me only proves that I was right and that Donald Trump cares more about being the next Abraham Lincoln and having this glorified image of absolute glory and fame and power and control and oh he's just so great let's study him for the next 3,000 years that's what I have always thought Trump cared. well not always that's what I thought later on that Trump only ever cared about and this move proves it to me it serves as evidence that he's so attached to that name to the glory around it to that whole you know the president is still the champion of the American ideals and we have to keep our attention on him that just to me fuels my idea that eh, he cares more about that control, about that image, about that glory than he ever actually does about the work. Um, and I'm not saying the work he did was always bad. I've always pro- pointed this out when it came to his accomplishments. Lois Black and Hispanic unemployment. Okay, my, my staple is not working. Lois Black and Hispanic unemployment in the history of the nation. More women ran for office than ever. Granted, I think it's probably against him. Um, it, it's super... Like, he, he, thanks to him being in office, a lot of good things did happen. But here's the thing. I, I, I think that was mostly just serving as betting for everything else. Because he's still part of that narcissistic, ideological uh, game of power, of control, and uh, of idiocy. And I think that this whole office of the former president ordeal simply cements that idea um, in, not in writing, but... Um, in its totality, it proves that it is, uh, in fact, happening. Um, or at least that it that it could potentially be true, if not, that it is. Uh, so, this is back on a point I was saying I was going to bring up later. So, President Biden has now signed more executive orders in his first two weeks than any president in history. I think we're reaching over 20 now. Um, so, President Joe Biden has signed a flurry of executive orders, actions, and memorandums aimed at rapidly addressing the coronavirus pandemic and dismantling many of former President Donald Trump's policies. Um, Here are all of them. Uh, um, Let's see. We've got tons on health care, on environment, on on equity, um, on coronavirus, back on economy, lots of coronavirus ones. We're looking at... Let's see. uh, Yeah, we're looking at nearly, I think, over 20. And there are tons here. I... Like, here's one on coronavirus from the 21st. Ma- require masks in airports on certain modes of transportation, including many trains, airplanes, maritime vessels, and intercity buses. International travelers must provide proof of a negative COVID-19 test prior to coming to the United States. Um, directs the Attorney General not to renew federal contracts with private prisons. Um, 
the newest one from yesterday, reopens enrollment in healthcare.gov from February 15th through May 15th and directs federal agencies to re-examine policies that may reduce or undermine access to the Affordable Care Act. Like, we, there is a, there, it's, there's so many of them. And here's the thing. Here's my opinion on executive orders. It's changed over time. It started off, as I said, I think we should try and get rid of them totally. I, I thought, or I thought, um... Now I'm okay with it. I mean, on top of the fact that they are constitutional, I do think they're still super dangerous because all that you need to uh, have... The only barrier to an executive order is the courts, is judges. Um, And the thing with judges is I truly honestly believe that the left and the right are trying as hard as they can to get ideologically driven judges to to side with whoever's in charge. Um, That doesn't mean that all the judges who get in charge will. I mean, we saw that with... The courts that denied Trump's cases of um, election fraud, they were all, almost all of them were appointed by him. Um, there's, I think, a conservative majority on the Supreme Court. They still turned down his case. They said there wasn't any evidence, that it wasn't, it was all like circumstantial and such. You know, that doesn't always mean that that's what's going to happen. We need, we do need good, honest judges that may personally have opinions, but they completely disregard their opinions when it comes to the matter of fact of the law. But here's the thing. Politicians and political leaders across the country on the left and the right don't want that. They want ideologically driven judges who, who when the president signs executive actions, do, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's constitutional. Um, so that's my issue with that's my issue with them. The only thing that's blocking them could be easily, you know, undone, essentially, if you appoint the right people. Um, so that's my concern with that anyway. Um, another thing, and I mentioned this last week, um, last week or maybe the week before, though I think it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. So, another thing I'm worried about is that presidents are going to start building a, um, a precedent for, um, undoing the previous administration's work. Like, now they're so ideologically and politically driven that they're gonna just, uh, What's that? The former president did it and he's not in the same party or ideology as me? Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Completely gone. Goodbye. Like, they're not even going to consider it. Like, they're so full of themselves, they can't be like, yeah, well, you know, sure, I didn't like him, but this is something I think was good. And again, that all depends on their opinion and and their assessment, but the thing is, you can tell that these things aren't driven by their assessment. Their whole agenda is just, let's just undo everything that the guy I don't like, I don't agree with did, even if it was all right. Like, jobs are being killed right now under under Biden, and I'm hope I said Obama, jobs are being killed right now under President Biden. I'm hoping he's going to be, start trying, or he's going to start doing things where jobs can come back because when all of this hopefully is over with the coronavirus, hopefully by the end of the year, by next year, early next year, um, is our current trajectory. Um, you know, hopefully everything, hopefully we can, then there will be jobs so that people won't be still jobless when, when the pandemic is over. Um, which, at the current rate, it doesn't look like that would be the case because there are lots of jobs dying under Biden right now, and that's bad. That needs to be that not doesn't that needs to not happen. Um, so I would hope he would do that. But again, back to the the other point I was making here, I'm worried that more president, like if a Republican is elected in 2024, um, I'm worried that he'll just undo everything that Biden did, and that'll be just as bad, uh, and so on and so on and so on. Like, we're just going to further fuel the ideological narcissism and self-righteousness of these, of these ideologies and of these parties 
for the rest of time in the executive office. Like the executive office, in my opinion, needs to be one of the places where there is no ideology or party driving your opinions and driving... In my opinion, if we can't get a strong enough senator or congressman to pull these parties together, we need the president to be a strong independent voice that goes, all right, both sides, shut up, do your job. Now, Biden is doing a sort of that. He, he's trying not to accept by, or un, by, or, uh, work that isn't bipartisan so that he knows that what he's getting is something that the Congress agrees everyone can benefit from. But the problem is we're in these situations where he's going to have to start accepting some stuff the Congress signs so he can actually help someone somewhere. Uh, and, and the Congress is refusing to do it. And then, of course, we've got this where Biden is just wiping everything from the floor. Now, here's the thing. I didn't like Trump. I didn't like everything he did. But some of the stuff he did, I thought was all right. 1776 commission can go. But he, he did do things that brought jobs back from these foreign countries that were taking them. That needs to stay. Let's keep that policy. And it looks like Biden may, um, though I think he's just going to try and re rework it. So I'm interested to see how that turns out. Um, it, it's an interesting turn of events. And all I can say is that it's also dangerous. It sets a, an awful precedent that that then empowers ideologically driven actions and politically partisan uh, uh, moves. And I think that's very dangerous to um, support or promote. Last thing. So the nation is is united, surprisingly, under one of the last things I ever thought we would. A Reddit invasion of the stock market. So... First, I got to explain something else before this. So if you don't know, when it comes to the stock market, there's there's this thing where, and I don't know the stock market. I'm not an economy guy. I'm not interested in the stock market. I've never been interested in like buying stocks or anything like that. But there's a form of gambling that's basically legal in the stock market from the way I learned it. And this is like the, I think since the podcast has come back, I've always mentioned Will Roosh in one of my episodes. So here he is again. Here's another shameless plug of Will Roosh. Um, He's always told told me to take his ideas and run with them, so here I am. I'm running. Um, uh, and like he said in his explanation of it, if I get any of this wrong and you actually know what I'm talking about, feel free to correct me. Um, send me an email or something. I've got a, You can access my email on my website, or you can just send me a message on Instagram. So there, it's it's like it's like uh, legalized gambling, gambling essentially. So these hedge funds of billionaires and all these rich people. They buy stocks and stuff like that. And so they basically bet that a stock will fail. GameStop is the one we're talking about right now. So, like, their stock is constantly going down and down and down. It, it, it is failing. And what, they, what these huge hedge funds, would do, hedge funds would do is they would find these stocks that are failing and they would bet that it would continue to fail. And so from the way it was described, I believe it goes like... Um, so, something about paying it back. I've already forgotten it now. I wish I could have t- written down notes so I could have actually properly gone through this so I don't sound like an idiot, but I'm just not interested in the stock market. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I believe it's on the lines that uh, if you bet that it's going to fail, you can... Yeah, it's something about paying it back. That's right. If it You bet it's going to fail, you sell it, and then like you earn a difference on people who, who bet that it's not going to fail. So, so long as it fails... Um, you get what you paid plus something back, something like that. Please find, let me read this actual article. Maybe this will explain it better. So, uh, sorry, I'm trying to find an actual part where it, no, this just goes into the Reddit stuff. Um, 
you earn money basically betting on the failure of people. That's actually what happened in 2008. They would bet, um, or, and, and there's a big stock market guy back at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic who said, uh, uh, the, uh, hotels are going to fail. He said it like in March, started buying up all these hotel stocks, hotels failed, um, and I believe he sold them. Again, I'm not sure how it works. Please, I will link the the Will Roosh video on the bio of the of the YouTube video of today's podcast. I go down there and watch it because he explains it in a way that's much better. And even though he also admits that he's not a big like economy person, um, he explains it. It make it makes more sense when he explains it because I don't remember and I don't really care to remember. Um, <laughs> uh. Essentially, they make money off that failure, and, and they never have to pay it back. They always earn back what they pay, what they get, what, yeah, what they paid, and then plus the difference, and it's always a little more. It's, even if it's like six bucks, for for example, you still earn a little bit there. And so these people are getting rich. I mean, it's not like they already aren't rich, but they're getting richer off this, um, off the the failure of these businesses, uh, uh, brick and mortar shops like GameStop, for example, that are just in like malls and stuff like that. Well, these people on Reddit, and I believe, ah, crap, I've forgotten all the terms. I believe that's called squeezing or something like that. It's a certain term. And people didn't know how to do it. And a big thing, I believe, when it comes to, like, getting rich and making a financial stability and stuff like that, the problem is it's not about economic, like, let's spread the wealth. I think it's more about do you even know how to get wealth in the first place without spreading it, without the government doing it for you. And I think that's a big reason why so many people are, are so poor is because our education doesn't doesn't uh, prioritize that. And, and again, it all ties back to the whole education thing, but that's besides the point. So these people on Reddit discovered that, oh, wait, that's what they do. They manipulate the markets. So why don't we do that? And how do we do it? <laughs> Everyone buys GameStop stocks and the, the value suddenly shoots up a bunch. And so when that happens now, these people have been betting on its failure. They owe all this money. They owe all this money. And the thing is, a lot of these people are refusing to to sell it and they would get rich. Like all these people who are buying stocks and it's just, it's a bunch of people. People were buying stocks left and right in America and they're just holding it and holding it and holding it. It makes the value go up and up and up. The, the, the saying is, hold the line and to the moon. Like, they're saying just go, go, go. These billionaires are so angry. There's this one man on Fox who's like, what did he say? He said uh, something about the, all these people are getting their checks from the government. And he's like, uh, <laughs> he goes, he goes, this, uh, what does he say? Not fair share. Yeah, yeah, he goes, this fair share stuff is BH. Um, he's like, it's just people trying to attack the wealthy. I'm like, what? Attack the wealthy? You've been betting on the poor people's failure for years. You ruined the housing market in 2008. It's your fault half these people are struggling in the first place. And then suddenly when they learn how to manipulate the market, manipulate the market, as you're calling it, like you have for decades, it's suddenly a bad thing. And that's where companies like Robinhood, who are like, let's let the people trade. They're like, oh, can't trade. Sorry, people, you can't trade. Because they owed money to these hedge funds. They're controlled by these hedge funds, these billionaires who just want to make money off the failure of poor people. And so, yeah, Robin Hood closes. They're like, no, you can't trade. And Americans are like, oh, well, that's, you're, that's stupid. Now we've got people in other countries, I hear, that are like, yeah, I'll sell it to you. Let's sell it. Like, we've got people across the world, across the aisle, 
fighting this right now. They're going, no, yeah, let's do it. There, there are people, Ted Cruz and AOC agreed. Now, of course, AOC got it. Well, when your people don't try and kill me, then we can work together. Like, how about you, like, this is, we, we're having a moment where we could work together for once. Drop it for five minutes. I get that there are people who like Ted Cruz who tried to, to, tried to kill you, who threatened to kill you, but I think there's a point where you drop it and you come back to it later. Um, because otherwise you're never going to get anything you want done. Well, besides that, you know, we have got all these people on, on both sides of the aisle. They're working together. And we're really finally getting at someone who actually is playing a part in our, in our suffering. Um, these rich billionaires who are hiding, who have been hiding these techniques of manipulating markets and stuff in stocks uh, to, to, to become billionaires. And half these people who are investing, making the, pri- the, the value of GameStop and such go up, they are, um, a lot of them will lose that money. A lot of them aren't going to, because they're just going to keep holding it, holding it, and holding it, and holding it. Um, but a lot of them, from what I've heard, don't care. It's just about the, uh, it's just about making history. And not just making, it's not just about being in a history book. Because people who do things just to be in a history book are kind of petty. Um, but they're doing it because they want to take a shot at the bad guy. They know that that guy's bad, and they know yet, sure, maybe my action alone will not solve the issue, but it will play a part in the awareness and eventual solution to the issue. If it weren't for me and millions of people like me, nobody would have known in the first place. Uh, The way Will Roosh put it in his videos, I want to take a shot, I want to throw one arrow at the castle. Like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And from my point of view, it's so fantastic to see leftists and rightists so in agreement on this. In my opinion, that type of hedge fund type of crap, that basically legalized gambling, needs to be made illegal. And Congress people, I'm hoping, will work on a resolution to do that. But what the greatest part about the whole thing is the is the the unity behind it, the bipartisanship of it. It's so great. Uh, I think we're a week now. Are we? It's just one week, right? Yeah, only one week into the presidency of Joe Biden and that unity message that he's been pushing since the inauguration, it's kind of coming true. Now, granted, I'm sure it's going to go away because a lot of people on both sides have been fighting President Biden's unity message, but it is great to actually see it come to fruition. So I thought that was fantastic. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Again, make sure to watch the whole video where Royal Roosh explains what's going on with the stock market stuff with GameStop. I'm sure you'll get a much better explanation of it from him than you will from me uh, because that was such a half-sum uh, explanation. But, um, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, make sure to follow my Instagram. That's at Huey Noah. That's at H-U-G-H-U-Y-N-O-A-H. That's at Huey Noah. Um, sorry, my camera stopped. Also, make sure to support the show by buying merch from my store. It's in the shop section on my website linked in the uh, bio of my Instagram because I don't feel like reading out the whole uh, thing. Um, also, if you're interested in the ideas I promote in my um, in the podcast or stuff like that, you can check out my books um, also in the shop section on my website on the bookshelf. Uh, the bookshelf section. Thanks so much for listening into this week's episode and I will see you as I burp apparently, excuse me, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.